you're gonna have to work for 10 years at $10 an hour before you're ever able to make anything from yourself. And I said, oh, you've not met me before. Welcome back to Duo On Air. I'm Abby. And I'm Courtney. And we're the ex-agency turned entrepreneurial team that puts the Duo in Duo Collective. Our boutique organic marketing agency specializes in SEO, social media strategy, and brand. We're an everyday pair of business besties slash marketing experts obsessed with helping our community learn more about what it takes to run a business. Which is why on Duo On Air, we're not holding anything back. We're giving you all the info we know about how to grow your business organically so you can be the confident CEO you were made to be. And how to navigate life as a small business owner. Whether it's on your own or with your best friend by your side. So grab your coffee or your mimosa, we don't judge, and settle in for a quick value-packed episode of Marketing Tips. Welcome back to the Duo On Air podcast. This is episode number 34, and today we're chatting with Alea Harris of Flourish Marketing. And oh my gosh, she made us laugh. This was definitely one of our favorite guest recording sessions. Her journey is one that every entrepreneur and aspiring entrepreneur especially needs to hear. It's not linear. It's not perfect. It's messy, but it's oh so beautiful. We had a whole list of questions prepped for her all about content creation, and we actually just threw them right out the window because our talk was too good. In just 30 minutes, we talked about how to trust yourself, the importance of being different and a little weird, and how sometimes without even realizing it, other people's expectations can lead us down the wrong path. Her story is one you absolutely need to hear, so let's go ahead and hand the mic off and get right to it. Hello, Alea. Thank you so much for being on the Duo On Air podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to dive in with you ladies today. Yes, we're so excited to have you on the podcast today too. We are. This is going to be awesome. We love connecting with new people and introducing our audience to new people and vice versa. So this is going to be so much fun. We have so many things that we want to ask you, like just a lot, a lot. So, but first let's just start at the beginning. And how about you tell us a little bit about this empire you've built and that journey of how you got to where you are today? Sure. So my empire is called Flourish Marketing. It is a small marketing company that focuses on providing our clients differentiation through radical authenticity. It that those few words took years to figure out. <laughs> I, I, we landed on, I'm like, oh my God, finally, that is what we do. Now let's back up <laughs> to see how we got there. So I started off in the fashion and cosmetic industry, hated it. I did not love working in the corporate offices of those industries because I just, I, there wasn't a heart-centered connection there and it didn't feel authentic to anybody. I was hawking $400 jeans that were really like $20 to make a major butt look flat. And then I was, you know, selling makeup to people that I'm like, this makeup is not that great. I don't wear it. You know, it just was not in alignment. But I was like, well, you know, I've just graduated. I need to, you know, make a name for myself. No. So I got laid off and I was like, thank you. But then also <laughs> what the heck am I going to do with myself? Right. And I could not get a job. Could not. I was, it was a period where I was questioning myself. I had just graduated. So I didn't have like a lot of legs to stand on. I'd only been in the workforce for a couple of years. And then so my sorority sister was eating at my house 
of course you go over to the unemployed person's house to eat their food right I'm just saying sounds fair yeah it's I fair. don't feel like it was fair but it's what was happening because my food was good at least that's what I'm going to contend with go. food was good and she said you know you should go to culinary school and I'm assuming again that the food was good not so horrible that I needed help but she was eating it so we're just gonna let that go and so I said you know what I'm not doing anything else might as well and it was almost on a whim. I applied, I got accepted. I was in culinary school for two years and I became a chef. And in that journey, I got the best advice that I ever got, which was up until that point anyways, which was from a grumpy chef instructor who said, you're going to have to work for 10 years at $10 an hour before you're ever able to make anything from yourself. And I said, Oh, you've not met me before. Hi, my name is Alea Harris and I've never worked for $10 an hour. So why the heck would I start now? I'm bougie and I have needs. I love all of this. So the chef instructor, I took that negative reinforcement and that's when the idea of the differentiation part started coming in because in the chef world, there are beautiful artists in the chef world but there's also kind of like a whole bunch of us that were just run of the mill and especially when you pop out of culinary school you think you know what you're doing you know absolutely nothing right of like the real world like going into college and thinking like you really know how to like do business it's like no you don't you don't know anything <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so I was like how do I stand out and so like any good person in LA I went and I got an agent um there's agents for private chefs and the, the, the private chef agency helped me craft my private chef persona. And I ended up working with um, stars of film and screen and traveling the world as a private chef. And I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to do something different. It was scary. It was awkward. Um, I wasn't quite sure if I believed the words that I had written down about myself, but they sounded like the me I wanted to be in the beginning. And I said, okay, if I can go down this path, I will be able to differentiate myself, but I had to stay true to who I was. So when I ended like being a chef or actually I was still a chef and I was like, I want to end this. And I said, well, what, what's next? And it, the journey so far had given me the tools to, to know that I couldn't be like everybody else because that's how you are broke. And I had to also be able to be who I was on the inside. I couldn't hawk $400 jeans. I couldn't, you know, be a, one of the, the faceless voids in the crowd because I like nice things. So what was I going to do? So I applied and I got accepted to work at Google as a vendor partner on their food team. And so then that way I was able to still navigate myself, but use Google's much larger budget to figure out who, <laughs> who that was. And I rose through the ranks and became the head of marketing for North America for my parent company, which was one of the largest food service and facilities management companies in the world. And then we had a dilemma again. I had the money. I had the nice things. I just bought, you know, Mercedes number two, right? But then I was like, I don't like any of this. Damn it. How it's like, if that's what the journey is like, right? You find yourself, oh, I know exactly who I am. Wait, who am I? Wait, and you are? Like it's it's up and down and up and down. And I was in the down and I didn't want to stay there. But my prayer to the universe sounded like this. I don't know if you've ever had this prayer. I really want to 
you know, have my own business again and, you know, have lots of money, but I only am going to do it when I have six months savings paid off in my account. All of my bills are paid. Uh, Sally Mae is off my back, right? <laughs> Me and my husband have, you know, vacation funds, right? And maybe I bought another property. Then universe, please, in your perfect timing, will you allow me to start on my business and leave this job? That is not what happened. None of that happened. Not even like one of the things. And I, in fact, I got laid off again for the second time and I had a choice to make. I could either lean more into that feeling I had discovered about what being different and authentic was in myself. Or I could go get another job I hated. And I decided to lean into it. And then over two years, uh, well, really, it was during the pandemic. So in September of 2020, we incorporated after struggling from May, I was on March through September. And it was that decision to make a commitment to myself. We reached our first six figures and we doubled, then we doubled, then we doubled. And we started moving into a better direction, not because... I mean, we are really good at what we do. Like we are really good marketing strategists and copywriters. Like that is a thing, but there's lots of good strategists and copywriters. It was because I was finally able to really integrate all of the lessons I had learned over the years, which is how to stand out and how to become radically authentic and how to help other people do the same. So that is now what we do at Flourish Marketing. Oh, I love, I love all of that. And I can tell my cheeks are going to hurt at the end of this whole conversation <laughs> yes. for sure. And I might have a set of abs by the end of this. Thank you. So yeah. no need to go to the gym today. Yeah. You're no. welcome. All good. All good. But that I feel like so many people can relate to that process. And I love that you took the leap every step of the way, like though that path was not linear and that like those things are not related in the slightest, but somehow you were like, I knew I, I was good at making food. I liked it. So I did it. And then I didn't want to do that anymore. And I wanted to do something else. So I found something kind of food related with Google, like that journey is so powerful. And so many people can relate to that. And it's so unique how you can take what you already know and anyone can do this like in their business, you can take something, you know, and not twist, like twist is the wrong word, but you can mold it into something new that fits the future of where you want to go, which is so cool. And I love that story. Absolutely. One of the things too, is (laughs) I remember when I went to culinary school, my aunt, who was a very loving woman called me to chastise me. Your mother spent millions of dollars. It feels like millions. It's not to go to college, but millions of dollars to send you to the University of Southern California, an expensive private university, right? How dare you throw that money away? Do something. And I was like, oh, sure. She might be right. What the heck am I doing? And then I really had to be like, well, what is the controlling idea so far of my life? It has nothing to do with the actual things that I've done. It's about who I am and who I'm learning to be. My journey is a journey of trust. Don't pray for that, by the way. Like if you're out there, I don't care who you pray to. Do not pray for patience and do not pray for trust. Because then what will happen is the universe will go out there and be like, oh, you want to have patience? I'm going to give you something to be patient about, right? (laughs) I was like, oh, no, 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 no. You want to have trust? I'm going to put you in the most precarious situation you can find (laughs) yourself in so that you can learn to trust. I'm just 
do what you want. But I'm just giving you a heads up because that's what I prayed for. And oh my goodness, <laughs> has it been a roller coaster ride? But I had to look at my life and realize that that's part of the controlling idea of my story, the main point. Are you going to trust enough to, to reach the dream that you have deep inside of you? Right now, we're, we're at the time of this recording, we're in the middle of launching some new products and streamlining um, so that we're even more authentic and able to serve. And then there's one product that we're not launching right now because it's a it's a big retreat. Not like a like, oh, it's $500. No, it's like, you know, spend like $20,000 and you'll come to this retreat. And I call it my, it, that this is not the final name. I call it my Care Bear product. Because you know Care Bears, and their little tummies. And oh, have yeah. you ever seen that Care Bear stare, man? They mm -hmm. give it their all. And they shoot their little love whatever out of their tummies. And it is a full body experience. They're not holding back. And that is this retreat product that we are going to be developing. And I finally was able to sit down and have this continuation or this milestone moment. I was like, when I launch this, this will be with complete trust and complete patience. So you have to look at your life a little bit differently, especially because there will be those around you who don't see your vision. This, I always tell this story. It's like, if I told you that I was going to start a company where strangers were going to pick you up and take you to your house from the airport in their own cars, you would be like, you are ridiculous. And I can imagine the founders of Uber having that conversation with their aunts and uncles. And they'd be like, oh no, this sounds like stranger danger all over it, right? But if they had listened to them, we wouldn't have Uber or Lyft or Alto or whatever you use, right? Because it's a little weird. It's a weird concept. Weird is very profitable because it's when you start doing the same thing as everyone else that you don't stand out. Being weird is how you make money. And so you have to be a little brave and a little trusting and understand who you are and what your journey is telling you so that you know what kind of weird you want to be. I love that. Yeah. We were just talking earlier today too about like being perfect and this idea of professionalism and how it's kind of like people are stepping back from that because people are showing up more authentic lately and more them true selves and like not afraid to be weird. And I think that that's really what people need to start tapping into because like you said, otherwise you're just like blending in or you're falling back because you're not standing out. You aren't being your true authentic self. You're not being weird. You're not capturing them in this weirdness of your life or this moment. And then you just, you just blend in and you kind of fall back. And I think people need to really kind of reach out and grab that weirdness or like own their weirdness. Everybody's weird. We all have our quirks. So I think just showing up like that, people are going to be like, wow, they're weird. Just like me, they're a human. And I think that that's super powerful now in our businesses and just our personal lives. And I think more people need to kind of tap into that. Yeah, I agree. Especially with the generations coming up, right? Absolutely. I'm a millennial. And I was sold a dream that never happened because my mom and dad are boomers. So what did they do? What could, I mean, boom, they had no idea how good they had it. You could have a single family household. I, I mean, a, a dual, dual, dual parent household, but one income, three children, own a house, send your kids to good schools. I'm like, and they're still complaining about something. 
I'm like, oh no. And they'll have social security when they retire, right? Yep. yep, yep. And college back then only cost 1 million, right? Not the millions that it is now. Yes, exactly. My mom bought her house for like $200,000. It's now worth $1.1 million. It's insane. And it's like, and we were told that was going to be what we were going to have too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed, but that's not the path we're on. And then the the next generation underneath us, Gen Z is like, oh, we're not even listening to y'all because you listened to your parents and that didn't work out well for you. And I can only imagine what the next generation after that Gen Alpha is going to do, right? They're going to just go off and be like, actually, we're going to the moon. So y'all just totally screwed this whole thing up. Right, right, right. <laughs> Like you, we are in a place where people not only can snuff out the fakeness, but they have no tolerance for it any longer. And they're looking for their own identity by matching who they are to the information you are putting out into the world. And you, by being your authentic self, help other people not only shape who they are, but at the same time, have a product service match with an identity match rather than just with a a problem that you're solving your hair is too long i solve the problem of hair cutting whoa nah girl it's more about are you feeling like your gender identity might not be exactly what you show on the outside come into haircuts rs and we'll help you shape that identity on the inside and match it on the outside that's the direction marketing is going. Yeah, same thing. I'm going to cut your hair, right? It's, it could be the exact same haircut. But right. How are you positioning it so you show that you understand who you are and what you provide in a transformation? And so other people then can come to you. And you also, when you do that, can stop dealing with people you don't like. Stop being trying to do everything to everybody and wonder, man, why is that person filling in my inquiry form? Oh my God, not another one of these. It's your fault. It's not their fault. Mm-hmm. You didn't put out the right message. So you're attracting everybody. Be bold enough to just attract your people because yeah. there are enough of them out there. That's the thing. Oh no, Leah, I don't want to narrow down. I'm be broke. No, you're going to be broke when <laughs> you don't narrow down. So make sure you narrow down so that you can be paid and actually like what you do because being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. Oh, no, no, not at all. I love, I think, yeah, talking about all the different generations and the paths and all of that, I think one of the big things is that like our, the generation before us, right? Before millennials, that was the generation that just followed the path. No questions asked. We're the generation who is now like questioning it. Like you had that chef tell you, You were only going to make $10 for 10 years and you had to just live it. And you were like, "Mm, no, I don't want to do that. Like there has to be something else. We're asking questions. And then Gen Z is like, I'm just not even going to ask questions. I'm just going to do whatever I want. Like, it's just, that's just the pet. Like the journeys are so different, but I love like that. We have to start asking those questions. Like we have to start asking those questions to ourselves of, are we following the traditional professional path for security and safety reasons like, why aren't we pursuing what we want? Because chances are the reason you're pursuing it, you won't actually know the answer. You're just doing it because everyone else did it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just something that feels comfortable and normal based on the history of what we've all grown to watch. Yes, exactly. I think about it this way. If you imagine uh, like a little bit of a stork baby situation here, or have you seen the movie um, Soul? 
Mm-hmm. I just, I, my son was homesick yesterday. I just watched that movie yesterday. <laughs> uh, well, perfect timing. I, I really like that movie because it fits in with the analogy that I had even before. Like when you are up before you've embodied, you have an assignment. And for me, in my brain, the assignment is on your back. It's like a couple of bullet points that you have previously agreed to as a soul of the things that you are going to accomplish and learn on this planet. Then whoop, you're thrown from the heavens and you, you you're, find yourself in a body. Problem is that list is, you know, not legible to you now, but you can feel it. You can feel when you're headed in the right direction. Everyone's list is unique. But the problem is you're so terrified of stepping out to fulfill what's on your list, which will get you all the things that you want, all of the places you want to go, all of the people you want to meet, because you see what you think is a clear path in front of you because everyone is doing it. Now, I'm not saying go off into the wilderness and like just chant all day and like life will happen. That's not how this works. You can't just rub crystals on it and expect to become a millionaire, right? You have to balance your inner intuition with what you see on the outside and the feedback that you're getting from the people and situations around you, but don't become so blinded by the easy road that you don't accomplish what you have to do on your back. That is only what you can do. When you don't accomplish those things, you are robbing the rest of us of your gifts, So it actually is the most selfish thing that you can do to ignore what your intuition is telling you, to ignore your talents, because I need you to follow through on that commitment you made before you embody, to follow through on that agreement so that I and the world can benefit from it. It might seem so small to you, but that ripple effect of you saying, actually, yeah, I do want to start this business or actually, yeah, I do want to close this business and go back to my job, whatever that is for you, do that thing because you don't have control over your life. It is going to keep moving without you. So just accept it. And you have the ability still to be a powerful creator as long as you allow the experience to happen rather than trying to dictate every single step of the way. I feel like we, Abby and I could have used you like two years prior to us actually quitting our agency job. Like everything you just said there, I was like, dang, if she was in my ear chirping that like five, six years ago, we probably would have quit sooner and been like, yes, we're doing this. Yeah. Especially agency work, man. I've never worked in an agency. I've I I work well. I mean, I guess I own one now, but it's very different setup mm-hmm. than most agencies yeah. are. Right. And oh, that they can be life sucking. I get it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Oh my goodness. Well, this I feel like that whole conversation right there is just like it's hopefully inspires someone to take that leap because I think until you start saying yes to those things that are scaring you. Um, we talk about saying no all the time, like guarding your time, Mm -hmm. saying no, like protecting your mental health. And there's so much there, but there's also the importance of saying yes, like saying yes to those things that those big, scary things, like even for us saying yes to our business, we knew we couldn't quit our job. Like you said, we still wanted to live this lifestyle where we're buying stuff that we want. Like I just told Courtney, I was like, my I, t- I say this all the time to people. My favorite thing to do is to spend money. Like I feel happy when I spend money. 
<laughs> do yeah. I have all the money to spend? Absolutely not. But it may, it's a happy thing to do. I love to do it. But I think until you start saying yes and then figuring out how to make that yes happen, like we did both for a little bit. And that's what we had to do in order to say yes to something that drove this passion and this fire for us. Yeah, I think that's also a really critical point. Just because you say yes doesn't mean you run out and like change everything tomorrow, right? It's an internal yes. It's a quiet, still agreement. It's a, it's, it's a yes that you are promising to pivot your feet a little to the left and start walking a different path. It's not, I'm saying yes and jumping off a cliff. Although sometimes that little pivot of your feet feels like that right? It feels like you just jumped off of a cliff, but you don't have to be reckless about your change. Still be wise and discerning, but you might not quit your job. It could be just the little bit of you write down, you wrote down in your journal today, I am now an entrepreneur and you walked away and you let that settle for a day or so. And then you start to think, what does that mean? While you're still working, right? Take the step that you need to. The point is that you're shifting focus not necessarily you run it out willy-nilly and then you call me up like i'm on the streets now because you told me to take the leap that is not what i said (laughs) so let's get straight (laughs) right so true oh my goodness i feel like we had a whole we might need to have the episode content that we were gonna originally talk about in a new episode because this has been so good that i can't just shift gears (laughs) yeah no we're definitely gonna have to have you back and talk more about content marketing and all of that i'm I'm sorry no don't be sorry this episode has turned into something like super powerful i think i think it's like the perfect episode for somebody out there that is on this journey or this path of like trying to figure out you know, what they're like, they want to say yes, but they haven't quite said yes, or they want to start this business and they haven't quite got there. I think this is that perfect episode for them to really take that next step. And like you said, just like pivot your feet just barely and like start walking this other path. You don't have to run or jump. You just have to slowly start taking those steps Mm -hmm. and you're going to get there. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'd love to hear a little about your, because I think people struggle with this too, all the time is like, if they have taken the leap to multiple different things, right? So like from the, uh, your original cosmetics industry, like knowledge there to chef, to Google, to agency, how do you now bring that all together to relate and like be yourself with your audience? I take the lessons that I've learned and I use it to look very deeply into who I am and then what I can use of who I am to serve other people. The process that is how we market and how we also um, help our clients is a kind of a three-step process. I've shift I've mushed into making, realizing what has actually happened to me. First, you have to get real, then you get clear, and then you get connected. So Getting real is a lifelong experience, but getting real means that you excavate what is no longer serving you. You look at your trauma. You don't run away from it. You look at your, for example, I am working through my lifelong daddy issues. I've realized that you can't say I've worked through them in the past because they keep coming up. (laughs) It's like an onion. You'll peel back one layer and then the next layer is, you know, it is what it is. Before when I started this business, keep in mind, I had been in marketing for about 10 years or so when I started this business, head of marketing for a huge company, right? I manage multi-million dollar budgets. 
I was like, but no one's going to want to listen to me. I'm not worthy. I'm not worth it. No one's going to want to pay me for this. So our signature strategy service was $600. It's painful to even say. <laughs> it took me getting real with myself and say, realizing what was holding me back and what I needed to let go of the unworthiness that I gained from my experiences with my father and having that effect affect my pricing as a business owner and getting clear then on how much I was worth, that same service is now $7,500. And the, the, the leap was not because I'm like, pay me my money. Well, part of it, because pay me my money. But <laughs> it was also because I had to believe that I was worth that and had to understand what was keeping me from believing that. So that is getting real with yourself and who you are. And then also understanding what you do want to be, right? What are you going to then replenish? You've excavated the uh, negative things and it's a continual process, but that you also need to replenish that stuff with stuff you want. So you need, that's the realness of you. And then you get clear and like, okay, now I have all of these jumbled up ideas. Who am I? And you write down your story, the internal story in messaging strategy so that you are aligned with the words that you say. So it doesn't feel like you fake it until you make it because that doesn't work anymore. I hate to break it to you. You really need to know who you are and then communicate that allowing for the fact that in six months, you might need to adjust your messaging because you've learned something new. And then when you get connected, you write the words that are not about you just being weird and unique, but you, it's about being uniquely suited for your ideal client. It's making that match. Uh, the, the, the baseline narrative is I've been through this. I've learned my lesson. I've helped other clients learn this lesson. I can help you learn this same lesson. Let me guide you on your journey now because I've done the work. So when I look at all of the things that I've done, I'm looking not at the excuses I've used to interact with the world, because that's what cooking is. That's what being a marketing executive is, is the excuse that I've used to move through and learn the lesson. I look at the lesson instead. Okay, well, I learned tenacity here. I learned what I don't like. I learned I hate fake people. I learned that spirituality and business are not two separate things. And I say spirituality, not in the basis of religion, but a deeper sense of connection. You need both in order to be successful, right? I look at the faith journey and the patience journey that I am still on, girl, <laughs> and move forward with finding that in the getting real and incorporating that into my story and shining my light out for other people who are looking to do the same. Yeah. Is that I your question? Oh yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. I love that. I think those are that right there, which we'll put in the show notes is like, that's what people should journal. Like you should just write those things on a piece of paper. You should start journaling that we just, you, I was nodding my head so hard when you were talking about all of this, because we literally had this conversation yesterday with someone we're working, a coach that we're working with, um, about a program. And I, we were having this imposter moment where we were like, yeah, so we, we worked with million dollar marketing campaigns and budgets, and we worked for target and Clorox and Burt's bees and like all these really big brands with big budgets. And we don't think that it's relevant for our audience that we can use it, that the strategies make sense. Like we just sit there, we're like, 
but it doesn't make sense. So we don't talk about it. And that's so like, I think so many people do that. And so much of our listeners probably do that too, thinking this isn't relevant. It doesn't make sense. No one needs to hear it, but you're not like what you just said. You're not looking at the specifics of what you did and who you did it for. You're looking at the lessons and the thoughts behind how that came to life. Like that is where the power and the magic lives. And I think Mm -hmm. we forget that like everyone, we forget that we just talked about this. Yeah. And to take it and like remind ourselves of the things that we've learned in those scenarios. Like those weren't the, those weren't our end path, but that was part of our path. And that led us to where we are now. And if we weren't there, we wouldn't be here. So I think just reminding ourselves of going back to even, you know, those burnout agency days, like instead of complaining about it or thinking about the negative aspect about it. What is it that we took from that? What is it that made us who we are now to offer our clients and our audience our expertise now? So I think it's really that mindset shift that you have to like, really, like you just got to dive into Mm -hmm. that. I think it's just so powerful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You can't compartmentalize. You are, even if you really don't like it, it's still a part of you. So how are you going to use it instead Mm -hmm. of running from it? Everything's a tool, right? Like, oh, I should probably, it's spoiler alert, but like, if I also am a big Marvel fan, there's a, there's a point in the new Dr. Strange movie where he's being um, negatively impacted by something and another character, you know, he's, you know, dying from it. Another character is like, basically remember who you are use this as a tool. Don't let it beat you because you will if you let it. But if you don't, this could be your your phoenix rising from the ashes moment. Use it. And he does. And, you know, he's like, this is epic moment. And, you know, I'm like, yeah. But we don't give ourselves those epic moments because we're too busy to be like, oh, my God, I'm a victim. I'm being beaten by this. As opposed to turning around, putting our big girl panties on and facing it and saying, I'm going to use this. And this is going to be part of my story that's going to help me be even better at my craft later on. And this is only a moment only a a brief moment that I'm going to have to work through. It's not forever. Right. Right. Absolutely. So many mind blowing moments. I know this. Yeah. This has seriously been so powerful. I think we, uh, our conversation that we're going to have, we will 100% have to have you back later to chat about it because this has just been, I mean, this is powerful for us and I know our listeners are going to really feel feel that as well. And hopefully feel inspired to like take those scary moments and just to take that opportunity to understand the lessons from your past, how to use them in the future, like how to really, yeah, step into your own, like take, take advantage of that uniqueness that you have because it's so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I promise next time I will be much more marketing edged. I, I <laughs> oh, oh, this no, is, this was a great episode. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> this is beautiful. So why don't you tell people where they can go and find you? What's coming up next? What do you have to share with our listeners? Absolutely. So the best place to learn all about basically the framework that I just talked about, um, <clears throat> which we named, because you got to put a stake in the ground, um, is the Flourishing Empire Framework, is to go to our website. So flourishmarketing.co, not .com, .co. You can also hang out with me on my Instagram, at Alea Harris, A-L-E-Y-A-H-A-R-R-I-S. And if you want to hear the sweet sounds of my melodic voice, after you're done listening to all of the episodes of this podcast, come to my podcast, (laughs) The Flourishing Entrepreneur. You can find me on all of your podcast platforms. 
Awesome. Thank you so much, Leah. It was so fun having you and I am certain we will have you back. Oh yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. If you liked this episode, please be sure to share it with a friend and subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes dropping every Monday. Plus, if you haven't already, please leave us a review and don't hesitate to share any new episode ideas. We love hearing from you and creating this content for you. See you next week.